This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share, and collaborate. And so I completely changed it around and added everything that I could about earthquakes and emergency preparedness, including what to do before, during, and after. And you know, there's mostly short, little, easy things you can do to be prepared. It doesn't take a lot of time. Hi, and welcome to EM Weekly, and this is your host, Todd DeVoe speaking. This week, we continue on the theme of community preparedness for National Preparedness Month. Last week, we talked to John Cole from the Texas Disaster Incorporation, who saw a gap in the response to Hurricane Harvey, came up with the idea to enhance private individuals' ability to respond to disasters. This week, we're talking to Mark Lagasse about the guide he created called Foreshock from the Northeast Los Angeles Disaster Survival Task Force. This is a grassroots organization whose goal is to organize their community for all disasters that may strike the Los Angeles area. So when you have a second, you can check out their PDF of that great Foreshock guide on emweekly.com. You can also find us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And of course, you can join the EM Weekly group on Facebook and join in the conversation. Now, on to the interview with Mark. Hey, I have Mark Legassi here with me from, and I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to give it a try. It's the Northeast Los Angeles Disaster Task Force. And I met Mark at this really cool thing with the Earthquake Alliance. And Mark actually earned an award or a mini award from the Earthquake Alliance for the work that he's doing for disaster preparedness in Los Angeles County. And the reason why I asked Mark to come on the show is pretty simple. We've been talking about disaster resilience and how it's important for communities to embrace preparedness. And Mark has really shown how a community can embrace preparedness. And he also has this really cool flyer that he created we'll talk about. So Mark, welcome to Ian Weekly. Thank you very much, Todd. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. So, Mark, I got a little bit about your bio here, and it's a, it's a little bit of a different path to doing disaster preparedness and emergency management stuff. So, can you share a little bit about your path and how you got into what you're doing today for your community? Sure. Yeah, you're right. It is a little convoluted because I'm actually an engineer, a systems engineer. I studied engineering physics in college and I worked as a systems engineer for a large defense company for many years. But when I moved to California in 1999, to Pasadena to be uh, specific, to pursue uh, system engineering project management work, I was really worried about earthquakes. And I went to a local town meeting and asked them if they had anything to do with an emergency plan for the community. So I was told, are you kidding me? There's nothing. Would you like to help and make one for our community? So that's where I got started. And I've had a passion for it ever since. But it's basically all volunteer for me. I do it in my spare time. And I've done it for like over 11 years. Well, that's great. And you know... yeah, I was going to say the volunteerism is really a, a key component to what we do in emergency management. So thank you for you putting that effort for 11 years into this project. 
Well, you're welcome. Appreciate it. It's my passion, and you know what? I do it because I'm out of fear. But education and knowledge actually will help reduce any fears that people have over something that they don't know. Because it's more about the unknown than it is, you know, when is it going to hit? When is the big one going to hit us? We know it's going to, but... And I just petrified of earthquakes because I'm from the East Coast. We don't have earthquakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm from New York myself, so I appreciate that. So speaking of earthquakes, last night of this recording, uh, we had a little 4.4 4.3 earthquake that occurred uh, in the uh, city of, or under Laverne, I suppose. And it was kind of interesting to see the reaction. And I guess because we haven't really had a shaker in a few couple of years here. This is getting some news play out here, which normally I don't think a 4.4 would, would get too much news, but I hear a lot about it. But I think it's a really cool uh, segue for us to be talking about preparedness in general. So what are some of the challenges in between these droughts of emergencies that you have trying to get your community prepared? Apathy and lack of time because people, everyone has busy lives. And they just, you know, have a lot of things going on. And one of the things that people like to avoid is things that may be negative or scary, including emergency preparedness. So really trying to get people to prepare with the laymen to prepare. You know, our communities and local governments do a good job preparing, but we as citizens don't. I think I've heard that only 25% of uh, residents in Southern California are actually prepared for an earthquake. Yeah, I don't even think it's that high, to be honest with you. The last statistics I saw, I think it was somewhere closer to 10%. But yeah, I, but still, it's a, an extremely low number, considering the fact that we live in a region, you know, if you count Orange County, Los Angeles County, and if you want to add throw in San Bernardino, Riverside, around 10 million people or so. So that's a tiny amount of fraction of, a, of, of the amount of people that need to be ready for any sort of disaster. Right. Well, for this 4.4, I didn't feel it myself, but we had, I think a year or two ago, a 5.1 that I felt, and that was quite a doozy, but I was so surprised to see on the newscast that evening, the reactions from residents who said they all, almost all of them said they ran out of the house instead of drop cover and hold on, Mm. which is really what you should do. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. I was surprised to see it. You know what? The words just either not getting out or people are just scared and they don't want to learn. So, and there's so much information too out there on emergency preparedness. It's almost overwhelming to a point. You know what I mean? I do. So let's, you know, since you brought that up, let's talk about your, I don't want to call it a flyer because that's really demeaning to it. It's a beautiful piece. And I think I'd like to be able to uh, take a scan of that and show people what it really looks like. But it's a really beautifully well put together piece of, of information with a it's it's really I think you said it it's more of like a USA Today than it is the Wall Street Journal with a small quick little bites of information throughout the entire uh, booklet uh, can you talk about that and how you put it together and, and if somebody wanted to get a copy of that how they could find that Sure, no problem. Well, I was looking for something that people would catch their eyes and they wouldn't toss away when they got home. I've been to tons of emergency fairs and collected a myriad of small little pamphlets. And I decided, you know what, there's everything spread out in so many different websites and so many different pamphlets. It'd be nice to have one particular book or pamphlet that people could keep with them at home and they wouldn't follow away. And one of the reasons I wanted to do that is because of this new this new plan that's going around to have residents put signs in their windows after a major earthquake, a sign that indicates whether you're okay or you need help. And it, that would help first responders doing walkthroughs, search and rescues to save time. So, but anyway, back to the brochure, I, got, I was inspired by a Topanga drill I attended back in 2007, and they had handed out to every resident, the county did, 
these wonderful Topanga survival guides, and it was geared towards that community, had pictures of people in the community, and that's where I got the inspiration. And it was, but it was a big book and it was still long and hard to read. So that's why I came up with the idea of taking the county's County Office of Emergency Management's wonderful Brown Emergency Survival Guide. I don't know if you are familiar with that Brown soft cover book. I took and I went through there and pulled out all the meat and I just took little snippets from all of these different pages and came up and boiled it 50 pages down to two. And I put it in a graphically pleasing format with color pictures and included things that everyone would be interested in, like school for your kids and water and basic supplies, your what you need, just basic stuff. It contains 85% of what you need to survive and to be more resilient after a disaster. And that's really how I got started. Now, to, to order this, if you want to look at it and get copies of it, you can go to our website, which is saveyourneighbor.com, all one word. We have in there, depending on the quantity that you buy, the price goes down as well on them. But we can also customize them. They can put your logo on them as well. Or you can just take the generic ones, which would be a little bit cheaper. We just came out with a Southern California edition, which, by the way, Todd, I'll send you some copies. If, if you put your mailing address in your emails, I'll send them to you. If not, if you could send me your, e- your mailing address, I'll, I'll mail them out. Yeah, I'll do that for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm pretty happy with you. Go ahead. I'm pretty happy with the latest reverse, uh, version of this brochure. And you know what? I really think it buys for one of the top publications out there that people will actually look at and possibly keep because it's made of, you know, durable cardboard stock paper and it's water resistance and so on and so forth. Plus it's odd size. They made it big for a reason. So people can put it in file 13 or just put it in the pile of paperwork and get it lost, you know, in the desk. It's beautiful to get, it's, it's, it's visually pleasing as well to look at. It's, it's a really nice thing. I, and this, I'm going to say this and it's not to be demeaning to it at all because it just, if you'll understand, to me, it reminds me of like those kind of pamphlets that my grandmother had, like the, um, farmer's almanac, something along those lines that growing up that she had like in the bathroom for bathroom reading where you can kind of sit through, read a bunch of little clips and get some good information. I, I just love it. I, I really do. I, I'm really excited about this product that you created. Yeah. It's short and sweet. You don't have to be complicated and long-winded to tell people what to do. So I just kept it short and sweet. And I'm the same way. I like USA Today type of articles that I could read in the bathroom or whatnot. Um, and this also incorporates the concept of a family emergency plan, major components of a family emergency plan that people can fill out on the brochure, including your local contacts and emergency meeting locations, you know, because you're supposed to have a place just outside your home, place in your neighborhood in case you're home blows up or something or disappears and out of town. And so we have an out-of-state emergency contact. So there's uh, places to put this information on the pamphlet, I call it, the pamphlet or brochure, whatever you'd like. Mm -hmm. But we're pretty happy with it. And uh, the County Office of Emergency Management loves it as well. And it gives them, you know, kudos because they're the ones that provided the meat and the science and all that behind it. And I, I heard that their book originated from the Topanga Survival Guide, and they took that Topanga Survival Guide and made that emergency survival guide. But anyway, that's the history of this booklet, and uh, we we're very happy with it and how it came out. And we're hoping that more and more people, hell, I'd like to get, heck, I'd like to get copies out to everyone in Southern California, to every family, if possible. But right. we'll see how funding runs. 
Well, the, the cool thing about this show that we have here today is that this is a, a worldwide show for that matter. It's, you know, countries from all over the all over the globe listen to this and for sure it's not in a, it's a national so if people were interested in in purchasing this through you or maybe even having a customized are they able to say somebody in boston or would they be able to uh to get this for their neighborhood and you guys can come manipulate it for, for that neighborhood too as well or is this more just a southern california thing no, absolutely not. A good question, Todd. It's actually customized per region because, as you know, things, disasters and natural hazards and, and threats here in California can be quite different than ones on the East Coast, say in Boston. Because in Boston, there's less threat of having an earthquake, for instance, but they have more like tsunami, although I'm not sure how prone the Atlantic Coast is to tsunami. Our brochure can be, sure can be customized for any region, like Pacific Northwest, we're making a, uh, a now that includes information, information on volcano, uh, volcanic eruptions and what to do with that. Our brochure in California covers basically wildfires, the things that would happen in here in LA and in Southern California and wild earthquake, toxic chemical spells, including, you know, a nuclear radiation leak out of a reactor, whatever. And it covers just the stuff that applies, including gas line explosions. We have a lot of underground gas pipelines here that could um, make an earthquake. This addresses that stuff, but my brochure that I have that you saw at the meeting does not include, you know, information on hurricanes, for example, and other natural disasters that might be more prevalent. Right, right. We did include... Yes, tsunamis are included in the Southern California version, however. The one I passed out at the meeting was the Northeast LA. We started with just a local version just for our community. We didn't add tsunamis in there, but this latest version does cover that because that's an important threat that here in Southern California, although the probability is low, it's still there. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? We actually had two tsunamis uh, a couple years ago, although very small, with the Chile earthquake and the the Japanese earthquake. Both of them produced uh, tsunami conditions here in Southern California. Both times we were lucky because it was a uh, extreme low tide, so uh, we had some damage in some of the uh, marinas and stuff like that, but not not so much to the homes on the on the beach side. But uh, yeah, people forget about that all the time that those those two things did happen, and it was a uh, the threat was there, although thank God, you know, for us that the tide was so low that it didn't do very much damage. So we are, yeah, we're in the tsunami seduction zone for sure. Um, and it's one of the things that we planned for. So I'm glad that you put that in there. You know, we could use uh, our next version probably will include a little bit about flooding, but uh, the other small little articles kind of condense it all together. What you need, it's not that much difference. If it's going to flood, you want to evacuate. Mm -hmm. And we have instructions on how to do that for wildfires. So the same thing applies. You listen to local authorities. So for this version, we didn't include specifically anything on flooding. So it, because it's so similar for one. Oh, yeah. But we're really, ha again, we're really happy with it, and we're glad that uh, you enjoyed it and decided to have me on your show to go over this. It's like I, um, I was, I was very thrilled to get the offer. Oh, it's my pleasure. So let's talk about the design process because I'm kind of interested in that. And and for those of us that are out here in the emergency management world, you know, there are times when we have to, you know, sit there and design a flyer or some sort of pamphlet to get information out. And did you guys? Did you? I mean, did you just design this yourself, or did you have a team that you were working with? Walk me through that process a little bit. The rest of that story when we return from our break. Exercises are a cornerstone of emergency preparedness, but can be costly, time-consuming, and complicated. TTX Vault can ease the exercise planning process with our wide array of tabletop, drill, and functional exercise packages that are fully adjustable. Once you choose the appropriate discipline and emergency scenario, you'll receive the exercise 
all HCEP suggested paperwork pre-filled out, access to our online simulation environment, Chelsea County, USA, and 30 minutes of phone consultation. Get your time back at ttxvault.com. Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, we connect people with the latest technology possible, whether it's mesh networking, augmented reality, or real-time translation, allowing people who need help to find help immediately. Better matters because lives matter. Welcome back from that quick break, and thank you so much for listening to the sponsors because without them, we couldn't do what we're doing here at EM Weekly. And Hit them up. Check them out. Say hi. Tell them that uh, we sent you. Now for the rest of the story. Did you guys, did you, I mean, did you just design this yourself or did you have a team that you were working with? Walk me through that process a little bit. I had another graphic design, a graphic artist that helped me, but for the most part, the layout I did, but I was inspired by, again, the Topanga Survival Guide. In addition to a pamphlet, a similar brochure that was put out by the American Red Cross that was kind of like this, but it was more technical but it had the same look to it with the thick paper and the six pages. And that's where I originally was inspired, but it didn't really cover, it wasn't a personal guide for disaster resilience. It had more to do with what to do after to start up a shelter or whatever, you know, things that the American Red Cross does. Right. And so I completely changed it around and added everything that I could about earthquakes and emergency preparedness, including what to do before, during and after. And, you know, there's mostly short, little, easy things you can do to be prepared. It doesn't take a lot of time. But I just got a call today from nuns down in Orange County that are interested in purchasing a copy for every employee, 140. So we're pretty happy about that. And, uh, again, they, they had sent someone to that meeting as well. So these meetings that we go to, the Earthquake, Earthquake Country Alliance, is a great way to spread word. I also was inspired by that meeting and going to that meeting and listening to the shakeout people and all that. And a lot of the, a lot of the graphics in that pamphlet come from the shakeout organization. Right. So with this platform and that you have, you know, the, it's, it's a thick, like you said, it's a thick cardboard paper and it's kind of has a wax on it. So you can, you can write on it, I suppose, and waterproof it. When you designed that, why did you choose to go with say the thicker paper and the, and the, and the waterproofing of it? Well, for the sole reason for durability and for, for, to make it a keepsake item, I didn't want it to be on just regular paper because it would be easily damaged and people don't keep that stuff. They tend to think that it's very, it's easily ripped and they wouldn't tend to keep it. And it's not really a coffee table piece either. Not to say that mine template is a coffee table piece, <laughs> but it tends to be, it's a little, it's bigger than a regular eight and a half by 11, nine by 13. So it's hard to fit into your file cabinet. We want it to be visible and close to the front door so people can tear off that sign and hang okay and help in their front window after a major disaster. So the durability piece was to try to, for two reasons, one, so it would last, and two, so it would get people to keep it, not throw it away. Because it looked, you know, when you look at it, it looks like it's worth a little bit of money. Right. It doesn't look like she's, you know, cheesily, cheaply made. And for that, it becomes a little bit of a keepsake item per se, even though, you know, it's not personalized. But then again, we can do anything people want if they want to order these brochures. And I could even send you a scanned copy if you'd like. Sure. You know, I think it's kind of cool that too, 
is that I have it sitting on my conference table in my office where I put kind of like the magazines and stuff. And I've had so many yep. people walk in and, and pick it up and, and take a look at it and, and think this is really kind of cool. And uh, matter of fact, one of the people who I work with asked me, he goes, oh, are you going to make this? I, I work at a school. Oh, are you going to make this for the school? And uh, I was like, yeah, I think I, I think I want to do something like this for the school um, because it's it really is informative. And, you know, we have college kids that are running around and they're going to want something that looks nice as well. And I'd like to have it so where they're encouraged to share it with their family and friends because it really is a good looking piece that you really put together. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm just, I want to say proud of you. I just kind of met you, but I am proud that this is something that came out of Southern California for sure that you did such a great job on. I know. You know what? I think it's good enough that my organization, I'd like to submit my graphic artist's name to those FEMA awards, the yearly awards that they grant out to people that have done things that are interesting and may catch on. Because, I mean, I know the Southern California Earthquake Center are so interested. They've asked me if they could adapt it for their use as well. And I just want to get it out and out there. And if people can use it and it's something that they would keep, then all the better. You know I mean? It's like, I think it's just the best thing since sliced bread myself, but I'm kind of biased <laughs> towards the pamphlet. But to this day, I haven't really found anything out there that compares to something that's so readable and looks like something that I can actually put my hands around and grasp. Yes. And it's not this nebulous, you know, emergency preparedness, the word itself, in, it brings up to me that it's something, when am I ever going to be done? How, how do I know when I'm all prepared? Hmm. Whereas, being, you know, disaster survival, on the other hand, the term disaster resilience, has some sort of concrete ending, I think, and goal to it. Mm. You know, as long as I survive and I don't die, it's like, that's really what's important, <laughs> not how much I prepared. <laughs> right. That's a good point. What's the name of your graphic artist? Let's give him uh, some kudos here. Oh, my graphic artist is Jeremy Foreman. He's been doing this for years, even though that's not his major job. He just does it on the side. I actually have two people that have helped, but for the most part, Jeremy has done a big part of the graphics and helping me lay lay out the graphics itself. But the design of the brochure was, again, not mine completely. I plagiarized the overall format from another council district's brochure that they had done, and it was done in conjunction, in conjunction with the American Red Cross. But... But yeah, I'll take credit for the design, but uh, Jeremy Foreman really deserves credit for all the graphics and coming up with that. The pictures on the front cover and the way it's got that modeled background look with the light brown, it makes it look, yeah, that's what gives it the quality, I think, the high quality look to it. But they're not cheap. I mean, things, that's, that's the downside. There is, there's always something to pay, a price to pay for something that's nice. And that, you know, they're over a dollar a piece. If you order a ton of them, you can get them to under a dollar, but if you order, you know, just a, a few dozen, it's not going to, it's going to cost you, you know, over a dollar piece for them, which I still think is a cheap deal when you look at them because they look like they're well worth more than that. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, I was surprised when you told me how much they were, that they were that, that low, to be honest with you. I thought they're like three, four dollars a piece, to be honest with you. But yeah, they do look there. Like I said, we're going to get a copy or of an image of this and we'll put this up on our on our website on ianweekly.com so you guys can go over there and just take a look at it. It doesn't do it justice though, I tell you that much, because you really want to hold on to this and, and view what it feels like because it is such a quality piece. So let me, let's get a little bit into more outside of the, the, the brochure. What kind of other work do you guys do at your organization? Oh, Todd, before, just as a segue, before we get into this, I wanted to mention that it's 
people are interested in getting, I can email out free of charge a sample copy of the brochure to them to see what they look like and they can hold it in their hand if they're interested. And they can just email me at disaster.survival.taskforce at gmail.com. Again, it's disaster.survival.taskforce at gmail.com and I will mail them out a physical hard copy. And for them as a sample, no charge. Oh, cool. You know, and now, we'll, we'll put that in our links on the show notes as well. So if you guys are driving, you don't have a pencil in your hand, you can go ahead and just, well, we'll put it in the show notes so you can go ahead and link to it. And, yeah. and we'll also link to his group on our website as well. Right. Now, back to my task force group. That was started back in 2011. And it's a grassroots organization that of volunteers from four different communities in Northeast LA because we were concerned about the biggest thing we we were concerned about at first was not having any documentation like such as this booklet. So our goal was to come up with something like this. We had two goals, to come up with something that we could hand out to each family to help them become prepared and that they would hold on to. And then two, to just help the communities overall become more prepared against certain natural disasters and even man-made disasters in Northeast LA. And the biggest one that we see right now is the high the high pressure transmission natural gas pipelines that flow underneath our street and probably a block away from my home. I don't know if you remember San Bruno incident years ago. I think it was over 10 years ago. Well, we have the exact same pipelines that they do, same size, 22-inch high pressure pipeline that's, you know, it's under more pressure than an air automobile tire is. And we're really worried about that. So we, we formed a task force and we put together a letter and we sent it to Southern California Gas Company. And just with a bunch of questions like, you know, what do we do in case we, you know, this erupts? How far should we evacuate? There's a bunch of questions that I couldn't find answers to on their website. And also was asking them, um, what, you know, where all their signs were. Because no one knew in our community that these pipelines existed. Um, and, and their website said they were clearly marked. So we were, had some concerns and that's how... We first got started as a task force. Well, that's pretty interesting, actually. You know, and it's kind of cool that you guys came together with some questions and looking for solutions, you know, and, and not so much in an adversary way, but in a, just a preparedness way, right? Yeah, in a, in a positive preparedness way by involving, you know, the utility company itself instead of trying to be an adversary against them. I do know up in San Bruno, the government ended up finding, uh, filing a lawsuit against Pacific Gas and Electric because they hadn't inspected those lines and they were over 50 years old, just like ours are over 50 years old now. And the corrosion and stuff can really damage and make them weak and they could explode. And that's what got us going on it. But Southern California Gas was up front. They came to our meeting. They tried to explain. But on the other hand, there was a lot of information we didn't get answers on that we really wanted to. So we're still working on that to this day. Hmm. How do you get your word out to the public, to you know the rest of the community that you're there and what you guys are doing? Well, the, it's been difficult. We're trying to use Facebook and social media to get the word out. But, you know, we're, there's only five of us right now. We're looking for more volunteers to get involved. And uh, we cover, like, all of Northeast L.A. And these volunteers come from Eagle Rock and Highland Park. And we're spread out. So we have a meeting, you know, once every other month. And then probably... It's it, we've been having a hard time getting people interested in tell this brochure. It seems like now that this brochure has, has come out, it's made a big difference in our community awareness, public awareness campaigns, because we do attend emergency fairs, and I'm actually going to a fair in two weeks in Herman, the community of Herman. It's emergency preparedness 
there to hand out these brochures there. So we're trying to get, you know, get the word out that way. It's, but it's been a slow ordeal. You know, if we could get help from, from the shakeout people and so on and so forth, because they're connected with at the state level. I'd love to see a Northern California edition of this to come out and have the state like pick up on it. Yeah, that's a great idea. That, that's a me- yeah, someone at the meeting that I met had also was the, they loved the brochure. They gave me their card um, and said to c- contact them, which I did, about getting in contact with some external funding sources to print, you know, tens of thousands of them, not just hundreds of them like I am now. Right. Yeah. It's always that mass printing that's like it's going to save money and, uh, and also time, right, uh, to, to get to It saves it. money. It saves Yes. However, you don't want to print too many copies, especially since things change so quickly around here. Right. Website addresses. By the way, not to leave the natural gas transmission line issue by itself, there is actually a little box inside the brochure that talks about these large natural gas transmission lines. And we provide the website in this brochure where you can go to see a map to see if there's one buried by you. And the map is put out by the Department of Transportation the Federal Department of Transportation, and there's a website listed for you can, for the public to go look. And I strongly urge that everyone does. That's one of the reasons we put that box inside right. the brochure. How long did it take you to put this thing together? Months. Because first we had to go through and the emergency survival guide. It took probably four months to put together, and we were meeting every week at that point. We slowed down after that, but... We were getting meeting every week because we had to go through every page of the survival guide and made sure we didn't miss anything important, but and made sure we pulled out just the most important things. And even after we did that, there were we had the shakeout people. We had Mark Bentham, who's in, who's in charge of communication at the Southern California Earthquake Center. He's been helping us review it, and he's made a lot of changes to that guide that the county had originally put out. It wasn't our words, so between the reviews and between us trying to figure out how to put it, what to put in, and then to lay it out in such a way that it would look pleasing and it would all fit on two pages, it was quite a job. It was a lot of trial and error, um, moving things around, changing things, and but we think we ended up with a pretty good product. Yeah, I do too. So I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, and, and it's not trying to be controversial by any means, but how how has your reception been by the professional first responders and the emergency managers in LA County and LA city. It depends who I haven't really been marketing much to the emergency management department, the city, but there was a representative at the earthquake country Alliance meeting who got a copy of the brochure. However, with that said, the fire department loves it. And I have a quick story to tell about Dodger stadium security. Cause I was, Put it, make a long story short, I went to drop off a friend at the Dodger Stadium for a game a couple weeks ago. And when I did, my cat that had been brought home from the vet somehow got out of its cage and ran out the door when my friend opened the door to get out. And it, it was hiding. So for two days, it was up behind the fence in Dodger Stadium. And then one day, I noticed the fence open and I walked in there. Sure enough, five minutes later, I'm surrounded by security saying, what are you doing? You're trespassing. I'm like, oh, my cat. I just lost my cat. I'm looking for my cat. They're like, please, can you show us your ID? And I look, I didn't have my wallet with me. So I give him one of these brochures and he's like, I'm like, my name's on the back. It's spelled right there. You, you can have this brochure. So they take off. They're like, well, don't, you know, trespass and so on and so forth. He comes back five minutes later and says, hey, do you have a few more copies of these? These have really good information. <laughs> 
So I just happened to have a bunch of them. I gave to him in the car. So it is receiving high praise. And I know, I don't know if you know Margaret Vinci from Caltech. She runs the Caltech earthquake programs and she's, she's in a part of the earthquake early warning system. She loves it. She's going to try to get Pasadena to buy these and hand them out along with the map your neighborhood campaign that they're working on. That's awesome. So I dropped off a few. Yeah, I dropped off some copies with her, and she's been really promoting it heavily. She loves it. That's outstanding. So I be, yeah, I've been thrilled with the reception I've received so far. And I love the idea that Dodgers uh, took a look at that and were interested. You know, just a, just a side note for everybody, Dodger Stadium is really progressive when it comes to emergency preparedness, uh, evacuation of Dodger Stadium itself. They're, they're, they have a really – that process is really important to them. So for them to pick up that that flyer says a lot, you know they have um, you know they have a, a lot of special events there and stuff like that. That's a that's a really cool uh, story about Dodger Stadium. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, and I wanted to stay out of trouble, so I told them that the Southern California edition's coming out soon, and for him to stop back and I'll give him some copies. And sure enough, yesterday I hear something outside, and I just happened to be in the area, and I sent him an email saying, "Hey, I'm going to be there for a while working on my travel trailer." Because there's a nice spot to park that on the, in the Stadium Way in Elysian Park that I like to. It's shady, and so he comes down like in ten minutes and grabs up a bunch of brochures from me. So just to stay on the good side of security, there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, before we let you go, um, I have two more questions that I really want to get into. Uh, one we, we covered sure. a little bit, but if somebody, you know, we showed your uh, email address, but if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, um, how could they? Well, I'll give you my phone number. They can call that. No problem. It's 323-895-MARK, M-A-R-K. That's 6275. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And also, you know, the email address as well. And if they don't remember the email address, they just have to go to Facebook and search for Disaster Task Force, Disaster Survival Task Force. Either of those terms will bring up my page. And it's public page. And on there, there's a button that says send email. And it will send me an email. They can talk to me that way as well. Or they can call me directly. I have no problems. Another way they can get a hold of me is through the Earthquake Country Alliance, through that group as well. There's phone numbers given on the on the earthquakecountry.org and eca.org, I believe. Uh, we'll have all that information on the show notes. So, again, like I said before, if you guys are driving and don't have a pencil in your hand, don't, don't stress about it. You can just come to uh, check out the show notes and, and click on those links and, and get over there. Okay. So Mark, what book or books would you recommend to somebody who is interested in what you guys are doing? I would recommend first and foremost, the LA County, uh, the office of emergency management who their fire department helped put together that emergency survival guide. It's called the Brown book. Everyone refers to it by that, but it's called the emergency survival guide. That one book is, will take care of everything. I mean, it has stuff that we never put in our brochure, including large animals. Like if you have horses, if you're on a horse ranch, things like that, it covers. So I really recommend that book more than anything. And it's, it's made for the layperson and the public. And it's easy to read and there's lots of pictures in it. It's just a little long, but it's detailed and it's like a reference guide that I recommend. Awesome. Okay. And then before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like to say to the emergency management professionals out there? 
Yeah. By the way, the guide itself, the emergency survival guide that I was just referencing, is available in electronic format online at the L.A. County Office of Emergency Management's website. You just have to Google it and it'll come up with the emergency survival guide. And you can get it in several different languages, in, you know, Spanish, Chinese, you name it. There's like 10 different languages. But if I had to say anything to other fellow emergency management people, it's that I'm with you there when it comes to educating the, the difficulties involved with educating the public and getting them to actually do something. Because, you know, when there hasn't been an earthquake for a while, people really get lazy, not lazy, but they just get apathetic about it. And to try to get people involved by using earthquake tools and this pamphlets and things such as Shakeout or Shakeout every year in October, I just want to say thank you for inspiring me with all of these other activities that has helped me and inspired me to become um, emergency manager in many ways as well, albeit as a hobby, but I surely is a passion for me now. <laughs> That's awesome. So I just want to thank everybody out there that's inspired me, all the emergency people. Well, Mark, thank you so much for taking time out of your day-to-day to talk to us here at EM Weekly regarding, you know, what you guys are doing. I, again, uh, for we'll have all those links on emweekly.com. Uh, we'll be linking his Facebook and, 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 and the brochure and everything to, to, the, uh, to the website. So thank you so much, Mark, for being here, and I uh, hope you have a great day. Thanks a lot, Todd. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, everybody.